book five chapter two of a hero of our time by mikhail yurovitch lermontov translated by j h wisdom and mar murray this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine book five the third extract from pechorin's diary princess mary chapter two may thirteenth this morning the doctor came to see me his name is werner but he is a russian what is there surprising in that i have known a man named ivanov who was a german werner is a remarkable man and that for many reasons like almost all medical men he is a sceptic and a materialist but at the same time he is a genuine poet a poet always in deeds and often in words although he has never written two verses in his life he has mastered all the living chords of the human heart just as one learns the veins of a corpse but he has never known how to avail himself of his knowledge in like manner it sometimes happens that an excellent anatomist does not know how to cure a fever werner usually made fun of his patients in private but once i saw him weeping over a dying soldier he was poor and dreamed of millions but he would not take a single step out of his way for the sake of money he once told me that he would rather do a favour to an enemy than to a friend because in the latter case it would mean selling his beneficence whilst hatred only increases proportionately to the magnanimity of the adversary he had a malicious tongue and more than one good simple soul has acquired the reputation of a vulgar fool through being labelled with one of his epigrams his rivals envious medical men of the watering-place spread the report that he was in the habit of drawing caricatures of his patients the patients were incensed and almost all of them discarded him his friends that is to say all the genuinely well-bred people who were serving in the caucasus vainly endeavoured to restore his fallen credit his outward appearance was of the type which at the first glance creates an unpleasant impression but which you get to like in course of time when the eye learns to read in the irregular features the stamp of a tried and lofty soul instances have been known of women falling madly in love with men of that sort and having no desire to exchange their ugliness for the beauty of the freshest and rosiness of endymions we must give women their due they possess an instinct for spiritual beauty for which reason possibly men such as werner love women so passionately werner was small and lean and as weak as a baby one of his legs was shorter than the other as was the case with byron in comparison with his body his head seemed enormous his hair was cropped close and the unevennesses of his cranium thus laid bare would have struck a phrenologist by reason of the strange intertexture of contradictory propensities his little ever restless black eyes seemed as if they were endeavouring to fathom your thoughts taste and neatness were to be observed in his dress his small lean sinewy hands flaunted themselves in bright yellow gloves his frock-coat cravat and waistcoat were invariably of black the young men dubbed him mephistopheles he pretended to be angry at the nickname but in reality it flattered his vanity werner and i soon understood each other and became friends because i for my part am ill adapted for friendship of two friends one is always the slave of the other although frequently neither acknowledges the fact to himself now the slave i could not be 
and to be the master would be a wearisome trouble because at the same time deception would be required besides i have servants and money our friendship originated in the following circumstances i met werner at s in the midst of a numerous and noisy circle of young people towards the end of the evening the conversation took a philosophico-metaphysical turn we discussed the subject of convictions and each of us had some different conviction to declare so far as i am concerned said the doctor i am convinced of one thing only and that is i asked desirous of learning the opinion of a man who had been silent till then of the fact he answered that sooner or later one fine morning i shall die i am better off than you i said in addition to that i have a further conviction namely that one very nasty evening i had the misfortune to be born all the others considered that we were talking nonsense but indeed not one of them said anything more sensible from that moment we singled each other out amongst the crowd we used frequently to meet and discuss abstract subjects in a very serious manner until each observed that the other was throwing dust in his eyes then looking significantly at each other as according to cicero the roman augurs used to do we would burst out laughing heartily and having had our laugh we would separate well content with our evening i was lying on a couch my eyes fixed upon the ceiling and my hands clasped behind my head when werner entered my room he sat down in an easy chair placed his cane in a corner yawned and announced that it was getting hot out of doors i replied that the flies were bothering me and we both fell silent observe my dear doctor i said that but for fools the world would be a very dull place look here are you and i both sensible men we know beforehand that it is possible to dispute ad infinitum about everything and so we do not dispute each of us knows almost all the other's secret thoughts to us a single word is a whole history we see the grain of every one of our feelings through a threefold husk what is sad we laugh at what is laughable we grieve at but to tell the truth we are fairly indifferent generally speaking to everything except ourselves consequently there can be no interchange of feelings and thoughts between us each of us knows all he cares to know about the other and that knowledge is all he wants one expedient remains to tell the news so tell me some news fatigued by this lengthy speech i closed my eyes and yawned the doctor answered after thinking a while there is an idea all the same in that nonsense of yours two i replied tell me one and i will tell you the other very well begin i said continuing to examine the ceiling and smiling inwardly you are anxious for information about some of the newcomers here and i can guess who it is because they for their part have already been inquiring about you doctor decidedly it is impossible for us to hold a conversation we read into each other's soul now the other idea here it is i wanted to make you relate something for the following reasons firstly listening is less fatiguing than talking secondly the listener cannot commit himself thirdly he can learn another secret fourthly sensible people such as you prefer listeners to speakers now to business what did princess ligovsky tell you about me you are quite sure that it was princess ligovsky and not princess mary quite sure why because princess mary inquired about grushnitsky you are gifted with a fine imagination 
princess mary said that she was convinced that the young man in the soldier's cloak had been reduced to the ranks on account of a duel i hope you left her cherishing that pleasant delusion of course a plot i exclaimed in rapture we will make it our business to see to the denouement of this little comedy it is obvious that fate is taking care that i shall not be bored i have a presentiment said the doctor that poor grushnitski will be your victim proceed doctor princess ligovski said that your face was familiar to her i observed that she had probably met you in petersburg somewhere in society i told her your name she knew it well it appears that your history created a great stir there she began to tell us of your adventures most likely supplementing the gossip of society with observations of her own her daughter listened with curiosity in her imagination you have become the hero of a novel in a new style i did not contradict princess ligovski although i knew that she was talking nonsense worthy friend i said extending my hand to him the doctor pressed it feelingly and continued if you like i will present you good heavens i said clapping my hands are heroes ever presented in no other way do they make the acquaintance of their beloved than by saving her from certain death and you really wish to court princess mary not at all far from it doctor i triumph at last you do not understand me it vexes me however i continued after a moment's silence i never reveal my secrets myself but i am exceedingly fond of their being guessed because in that way i can always disavow them upon occasion however you must describe both mother and daughter to me what sort of people are they in the first place princess ligovski is a woman of forty-five answered werner she has a splendid digestion but her blood is out of order there are red spots on her cheeks she has spent the latter half of her life in moscow and has grown stout from leading an inactive life there she loves spicy stories and sometimes says improper things herself when her daughter is out of the room she has declared to me that her daughter is as innocent as a dove what does that matter to me i was going to answer that she might be at her ease because i would never tell anyone princess ligovski is taking the cure for her rheumatism and the daughter for goodness knows what i have ordered each of them to drink two tumblers a day of sulphurous water and to bathe twice a week in the diluted bath princess ligovski is apparently unaccustomed to giving orders she cherishes respect for the intelligence and attainments of her daughter who has read byron in english and knows algebra in moscow evidently the ladies have entered upon the paths of erudition and a good thing too the men here are generally so unamiable that for a clever woman it must be intolerable to flirt with them princess ligovski is very fond of young people princess mary looks on them with a certain contempt a moscow habit in moscow they cherish only wits of not less than forty you have been in moscow doctor yes i had a practice there continue but i think i have told everything no there is something else princess mary it seems loves to discuss emotions passions etc she was in petersburg for one winter and disliked it especially the society no doubt she was coldly received you have not seen anyone with them to-day on the contrary there was an aide-de-camp a stiff guardsman and a lady one of the latest arrivals a relation of princess ligovski on the husband's side very pretty but apparently very ill have you not met her at the well 
she is of medium height fair with regular features she has the complexion of a consumptive and there is a little black mole on her right cheek i was struck by the expressiveness of her face a mole i muttered through my teeth is it possible the doctor looked at me and laying his hand on my heart said triumphantly you know her my heart was in fact beating more violently than usual it is your turn now to triumph i said but i rely on you you will not betray me i have not seen her yet but i am convinced that i recognize from your portrait a woman whom i loved in the old days do not speak a word to her about me if she asks any questions give a bad report of me be it so said werner shrugging his shoulders when he had departed my heart was compressed with terrible grief has destiny brought us together again in the caucasus or has she come hither on purpose knowing that she would meet me and how shall we meet and then is it she my presentiments have never deceived me there is not a man in the world over whom the past has acquired such a power as over me every recollection of bygone grief or joy strikes my soul with morbid effect and draws forth ever the same sounds i am stupidly constituted i forget nothing nothing after dinner about six o'clock i went on to the boulevard it was crowded the two princesses were sitting on a bench surrounded by young men who were vying with each other in paying them attention i took up my position on another bench at a little distance off stopped two dragoon officers whom i knew and proceeded to tell them something evidently it was amusing because they began to laugh loudly like a couple of madmen some of those who were surrounding princess mary were attracted to my side by curiosity and gradually all of them left her and joined my circle i did not stop talking my anecdotes were clever to the point of absurdity my jests at the expense of the queer people passing by malicious to the point of frenzy i continued to entertain the public till sunset princess mary passed by me a few times arm in arm with her mother and accompanied by a certain lame old man a few times her glance as it fell upon me expressed vexation while endeavouring to express indifference what has he been telling you she inquired of one of the young men who had gone back to her out of politeness no doubt a most interesting story his own exploits in battle this was said rather loudly and probably with the intention of stinging me aha i thought to myself you are downright angry my dear princess wait a while there is more to follow grushnitski kept following her like a beast of prey and would not let her out of his sight i wager that to-morrow he will ask somebody to present him to princess ligovski she will be glad because she is bored end of book five chapter two Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.